to Lef Leslie's leg boo-boo, we actually get to hear a Christmas sermon. So <laughs> yeah. we're excited. Yeah. He is so thankful for uh, the Lord's goodness and his blessings to us. And, uh, you know, growing up, I remember that Christmas lists like, oh, I want a robot or a train set or Lincoln Logs or you know, some things like that. And as I've gotten older, my Christmas list has changed. And, and Leslie told you what I told her I wanted for Christmas. And that was my prayer that the Lord would help Leslie get better uh, and strong enough to sing for Christmas. And that's the greatest gift um, besides Jesus that I could have received uh, this year. Um, and so our our Christmas list changes, doesn't it? I remember, and Grandma still says this every year when we ask her what she wants for Christmas. Her reply is always this, oh, nothing, just you kids come. Uh, and that's a, She says that every year. She says that for her birthday. She says it for Mother's Day. That's a, and I understand it now. Uh, that, And I'm understanding it more and more uh, every day. That, and so, uh, you know, this world has done a very good job. The toy makers and the Hallmark and... Uh, the Christmas light folks have done a very good job of getting us on this Christmas tr bandwagon, if you will, that Christmas is all about stuff. But the truth of the matter is, Christmas is all about the greatest gift that God gave 2,000 years ago uh, in a little city of Bethlehem when God himself came, born of a virgin, uh, whose name was Mary. And so I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me uh, to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to be re reading verses 18 through uh, 25 uh, this morning. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took uh, to him his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. What a great, wonderful story. A story that's familiar to all of us, even if you didn't grow up in church, you know, you probably know about the Christmas story. Right, the Christmas is um, a mighty important thing. The birth of Christ split the calendar that we follow. Uh, when Jesus came, born of a virgin in this little town of Bethlehem to this common, ordinary family, just like mine and just like yours. 
God entered the world and showed us what love is about and what grace is about and what peace He came to show us the way to the Father. In fact, Jesus made that claim even early in his ministry. He said, I, he, he, in fact, he was a teenager. Uh, and you remember that he got separated from his parents. He stayed behind church. Now, normally, kids and teenagers are the first ones to dart out the door. They're ready to get back on their iPhones and on the computer and on Facebook and Snapchat and all that kind of stuff because, heaven forbid, they should be unplugged for an hour. Uh, you know, and so they're in, they, they got to get reconnected to their world. And yet, this teenager stayed behind to talk to the rabbis. Not to talk to other teenagers, not to have fun, but to have some deep theological discussions with the preachers of the day. It'd be quite interesting to know what Jesus was talking with them about. Uh, maybe he was critiquing their sermon, saying, well, you did pretty good on this point, but you you messed up a couple things over here. Uh, but you remember that it was a couple days before Mary and Joseph realized that he wasn't there. They hurried back, and boy, you could imagine the, the mama's hot temper, because uh, mama's, you know, you all have that temper sometimes. Uh, that, uh, what do you think you're doing, young man? And... Mary and Joseph's instinct probably was first to hug Jesus because he was okay, but then their next instinct was to strangle the life out of him uh, or to beat him senseless. But you remember what Jesus said? He said, don't you know I must be about my father's business? So even at a young age, Jesus knew his mission, and he knew that the reason he came was to show you and me in all the world how we could have a relationship with God Almighty. Because, by the way, that really is the reason why we were created. We were created, and our ultimate purpose is to worship God and to make Him known. And so I want to suggest to you on this wonderfully wonderful day, this Christmas morning, that it's a special day. I'm thankful we had church day. I'm thankful that you're here today and made this part of your celebration today. But I want you to know that Christmas Day reminds us of some things. And I want us to see that Christmas Day reminds us first of God's gift. You know, God did not have to come. And yet he loved me and he loved you and he loved all the whosoever's of the world so much. That he came. The gift that you bought, that you put under your tree, probably cost you maybe some money. Maybe you made them, and so they cost you some sweat, uh, cost you some time. And yet none of those presents are so dear as the one Jesus gave 2,000 years ago. That Jesus came not so he could be lifted up so that he could serve, so that he could be about his father's business and show us the way back to him. And what a great gift that is, because we need to understand how unworthy we are. We need to understand that it was because of my sin and because of your sin 
that Jesus had to come in the first place. And yet, had it just been me or had it just been you, Jesus still would have come because he loves all of us that much. And what a great gift that is. You see, gifts, and kids don't really understand that, but as you grow up, you come to find this out that, you know, the most precious gifts are not necessarily the most expensive ones. The most precious gifts are the ones that somebody took time in. Now, let me give you an example because some of you are wondering. Now, somebody may have gotten a $500 gift card to someplace. Now, that's a pretty nice gift. But David and I had a little say, you know, uh, gift cards are sometimes the gifts that you want to give when you don't want to have to think about what to get them. And you don't want to have to bother about going shopping, so here's a gift card, go get your own present. Sometimes that's what it is. Sometimes it's what people want, you know. And if that's the case, well, then. But so a $500 gift card, that's a pretty valuable thing. But I think we would all say, you know what, we would much rather have something that was meet, that somebody put some thought into, uh, maybe somebody made and crafted for us. Maybe somebody took the time to bake us a Christmas treat or, um, you know, knitted us a sweater or something or, you know, did something for us. Those are the things that we remember. You see, $500 gift cards, they expire. You know, once you use that, it's gone. And those things, whatever it is that you buy with it, they break. They don't last forever. But memories and time and gifts of self last forever. And so when we give someone the gift of our time, and the gift of our love that never expires. But you know what? The greatest part of God's gift to us, it's God's gift of His great grace. You see, God's gift showed us how graceful God is. Grace, you maybe have heard, stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. And that is exactly what the Christmas message is. That God loved me and God loved you and God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so the tradition, even though, you know, now everybody, even if they're not Christians and even if they're not religious at all, most families exchange Christmas presents. But the whole reason people would exchange Christmas presents was because of the great gift that God gave to us so many years ago. God's grace. One of our favorite songs that we love to hear the ladies sing. The blood covered it all. God's grace covers every one of my sins, every one of your sins, every one of all the whole world's sins. And that grace says, you know what? Yeah, you're a sinner. 
Yes, you've done wrong. Yes, you've made bad choices. Yes, you have sinned. And by the way, God knows every sin that you've ever committed. He knows even the sins that you've thought about committing. And yet, He loves you anyway. But understand this about grace. It's not just cheap grace. It's not grace that just says, well, I'll just forget about your sin. It's grace that says, you know what? The penalty of sin is death. It's blood. The blood is the only, sinless blood is the price for sin. And none of us have it. And so Jesus, because he was God, did have it. And he gave that ultimate gift of grace to us on the cross of Calvary. You see, it was because of Christmas that Easter could happen. Both are mighty important. Jesus had to be born of a virgin so that he would have sinless blood. But he also had to come from Joseph's family. Because it was Joseph's family that was the family of David. And it was from that family that God promised the Messiah would come. And so God has always been so gracious to us. And by the way, that grace that we receive, God expects us to give it. That grace doesn't just cover up sin. That grace pays our sin debt, but it changes us too. And it makes us something different. Scripture says, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. Why does God do that? Well, it is his love for us. But there's another reason. So that all may know his glory. Because you see, if God can save you, and if God can save me, and God can redeem us despite our sinfulness, He can save anybody. And He will. That's the message of Christmas. You know, I think the the whole Christmas message would have been different had God sent Jesus and had Him born in a palace. And had Him grow up sitting at a king's table. Instead, He came in a bed borrowed from the cattle. In a cold, dark cave. One early, early one morning. What a wonderful thing. That is the message in Christmas is about the glory of God, that God loved us so much that he came and gave that great gift. Now, none of us can earn salvation. You can't earn it. If any of us could be good enough to earn salvation, Jesus would not have had to come. But we can't. But here's the thing. Even after we're saved, we can't buy it back. You know, we can't pay God for it. But you know what we can do and all that he expects us to do is to praise him and live for him. 
That's why the apostle says, the apostle Paul says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. You see, we are created to know God and to live in relationship with him. And the only way that we can live in relationship with him is because 2,000 years ago, God sent his son to Bethlehem. And that Jesus was born, he was raised up in Joseph and Mary's home in Nazareth. He lived, the scripture says, a perfect and sinless life. And then he laid his life down on the cross of Calvary on that Good Friday so many years ago. But Calvary wasn't the end of the story, was it? Certainly Satan celebrated that Friday. And he probably partied on Saturday. But I can tell you it was a mighty quiet day at Satan's house Sunday morning. So this is it. Christmas reminds us that God gave us this gift of his great grace so that we might help all of the world to know God's glory. Because you see, the great thing about gifts is the greatest ones are meant to be shared. And the greatest gift we can give someone, anyone, is the gift of God's love. To love them like God loves them. And God loves us and welcomes us just as we are, but he will not leave us just like we are. He changes us into something so much better. It's like diamonds. You know, diamonds come from coal that some of you got in your stocking. That coal sits under pressure for a long time and a lot of pressure. Diamonds come. Now, that doesn't mean you should be rotten so that you can get diamonds. But it shows us that God can take filthy, dirty things and turn them into something wonderful. And something beautiful. Something that that women ooh and ah over. That's what God's grace does for us. Just as diamonds reflect light when you put it under the light. If it's a real diamond. Now if it's that cubic zirconia junk. It's not going to reflect anything. But real diamonds will reflect light. When we're living for the Lord, when we have found His grace, we reflect God's light in a world that desperately needs to know God's love. And I hope this Christmas day, so we gather to worship. As you leave here, you'll go to lunch and probably maybe have some Christmas party, maybe some gatherings later today with family and friends. That you'll remember not only today, but tomorrow. When you have to go to work, unless you work for the city or work for the bank. 
uh, than your Tuesday when you go back. When you go back this week to real life. And maybe all the lights will have disappeared and the Christmas trees will be on the side of the road waiting for the city to come pick them up. Or boxed up and put back in the attic. That Christmas isn't just one day a year. That the spirit and the hope and the grace of Christmas should live inside of God's people every single day of the year. We may not have bright lights and pretty decorations to help us most of the year time through the year. But we still have the greatest message. And we still have received the greatest gift the world will ever know. And the world needs to hear about it in January and in February and March and April and May and June and September. Just as much as they need to hear about it in December. So let's take the message of Christmas, hold it in our heart. Did you notice in the Christmas stories in Matthew's account, that we looked at this morning. In Luke's account that we looked at last week, do you remember that both of them did the same thing? They pondered the things that they had seen and heard in their hearts. May we think about, may we ponder the meaning of Christmas, not only today, but all through the year. Let me pray that you'll have a very Merry Christmas and that you'll share the blessings that Christmas brings so that God's glory may be great. Not so that you can say, look at the cool stuff I got, but that you can say, listen, God loved me so much, he gave me the most expensive gift I've ever given. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for your love and your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your great grace. That you love us so much that you gave 2,000 years ago your son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, your birth changed everything in the world. Turned it upside down. And it's still doing that to those who will believe today. Lord, maybe there's one here today that they've never received the greatest gift, the gift that you gave on the cross of Calvary, that gift that you wrapped for them and that you've presented to them. Lord, would you help them today to receive that great gift of eternal life? Would you help them to to acknowledge their sins, say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I accept the gift of Jesus Christ. Lord, maybe there's one of your children here today, Lord, that they're saved. And and they know it. And that's a wonderful thing. And would you help them? Lord, maybe there's someone here today that, Lord, their life has not been one of grace. It's not been one that's reflected your glory. And today, would you help them to say, Lord, let's have a fresh start. Let's have a do-over. Lord, thank you for the message of Christmas, the story that we've heard time and time and time again. And yet it never gets old. 
and we never tire of hearing it. May you keep it alive in our hearts. Will you help us to ponder the message of Christmas, not only as we leave this place today, but all through the coming year. Lord, thank you that you love us so much that you came. Because you came, help us to go and share your glory. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's stand together this morning.